Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. There's a lot of money to be made in that kind of business. Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's this is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple line, people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. I need to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back, season two of the Around Sports Podcast. Right here, ready to roll for the 2017 NFL season. Starts tomorrow. Couldn't be a whole lot more excited. It's a long summer, football free there. So, as usual, this is your host, Frank Arone. We're uh, going to be breaking down the games here, game by game, for week one. And uh, as always on the line, we have uh, coming live from Vegas there, uh, Rob Arone. How you doing, right, Robert? No, not too bad. Good to be back. Ready, uh, ready for football season. So uh, it's, it's finally here. It's, it feels good. It's uh, been waiting for it. Yeah, definitely. Well, you got back to Vegas about a week ago. Uh, yeah, a little over a week. Uh, I think now. Yeah, second week here, and uh, not too bad. Weather's a little hot still, but you got better, better than uh, rainy or cold or anything else. So I'll take it for now. Yeah, you've been uh, moving some money around to the books out there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, a little strapped. Uh, just yeah, a lot of finances stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a little, a little bit tricky and stuff. But uh, we're we're putting it down, so we'll figure it out. But yeah, going to Reno in a few weeks uh, to deal with some stuff there. That's a couple books I got there, and uh, but yeah, nice to get back into the swing of things. Awesome. Well, before we get going here and start looking at the games, just give a couple uh, general bits of info. Uh, this year, we're just gonna. Just do the uh, break break down the games, and then and we're going to cut out the concept corner, just because we felt like we got went through a good uh, amount of those last year, and kind of got a lot of the general concepts uh, out of you know out there to the the audience, and we'll kind of sprinkle them in here and there as we go, but we're not going to have a an actual segment for it this year. We uh, of course we're going to be coming back though with the, the AS pick of the week after having a pretty good year last year. We're going to hope to continue that so. Every week we'll have those at the end of the podcast where me and Rob will pick our favorite game of the week there and then keep a track of our record as the season goes on. So that'll be good. And, um, yeah, so here we go. Without further ado, let's uh, start it up here. So the first game is the Thursday Nighter kicking off the season with Kansas City at New England. Of course, you're returning Super Bowl champs, New England Patriots. Uh, looks like it's sitting at about nine, nine and a half. New England the favorite. Uh, the totals at forty-eight and a half, forty-nine, somewhere in there. What uh, so? What did this one open at, Rob? And then has there been any movement since open? Yeah, this one uh, opened New England about seven, seven and a half, and uh, just kind of like expected, just all New England money. Hasn't been much Kansas City money at all, and pretty much all from the public, I would assume, uh, from what I can. What I can gather, um, but yeah, now it's sitting, like you said, nine, so it's just been getting bet up, and a lot of that's a little bit from the public, and a lot of that as well is just from that teaser protection line, uh, trying to keep that, um, but also, I guess I forgot we're going to mention the win totals too, so we'll, I'll say that before we go into the details, so, uh, 
Yeah, the win total uh, we got for New England, uh, historically high at 12.5 sitting right now. Uh, these are all via sportsbook.ag, so we'll just go uh, keeping the same consistent for all the win totals here. But it's sitting at 12.5 right now for the Patriots, and uh, the Chiefs sitting at, looks like about 9, so uh, minus 105 on the over. So, um, But yeah, like I was saying, some money on New England, there's not a whole lot of KC money that I'm seeing, and not really super shocked as soon as that line came out. Uh, Months ago, it uh, everybody I trust and listen to, and just myself, it's kind of obvious that uh, going to be a lot of KC money, uh, not much KC money, and a lot of New England money. So that's followed suit here, and I would expect by kickoff tomorrow, especially if it gets up to ten, I think there's got to be some you know some sharp buyback on the on the Kansas City side. So I don't know if I really want to get involved. I think you know it's either obviously a KC or pass, but uh, if if I I'm not I'm not sure if I would get involved at ten. It's one of those deals. If it was any other team except for New England, I'd probably be in, but. Uh, they, they kind of against uh, against the odds and everything else. So uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be doing that. But like I said, I think Kansas City decided to be looking here or, or pass. So yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of people have kind of forgot how good of a year Kansas City had last year. They went 12 and four and and ended up uh, winning their division there, uh, even though they tied Oakland with the same record. And I'm not the biggest Kansas City fan. They're a pretty blah team, you know. Andy Reid's not the best game manager, and they and Alex Smith, the quarterback, he's by no means a gunslinger. They just kind of plot away and and keep games close. And this kind of seems to me like the game will come down to you know if New England's up seven, if they score late to seal it off and get the cover, or it could be a deal where they're up fourteen and Kansas City's driving. Uh, against the prevent defense, try to sneak in the back door. So I think the number seems about right. Um, I agree that if it at even at nine and a half, or especially if it gets up to ten, there will probably be some sharp buyback right before game time from uh, on Kansas City. But uh, it's one of those things where, like you said, against any other team, I'd be pretty tempted to take Kansas City here. But you know, you're not going to make a living betting against Belichick and Brady and. You know, I, I think Kansas City is probably due for a little bit of regression this year, so I think they're not going to be quite as good as last year, and they're the type of team where if they get down, you can pretty much, for the most part, kind of kiss it away. If they if they fall down 17-20 you know, in the first half, they're not a team that's going to be coming back too often. So I don't know. I'd, I'm probably just going to be on the sidelines in this one, and, and you know, th- the primetime openers have been kind of wonky in the past. I know last year the I think it was Carolina Denver game was kind of a weird game, and um, I look back a couple of years and they're just kind of weird games for the most part. So in those type of situations, I'd like to take the points, but it just goes back to do the rules really apply to, to Belichick and Brady type games? So I think uh, this is probably a good one to just sit on the sidelines and enjoy and just be happy that football's back and and get ready for Sunday. So let's head to the Sunday slate. The next game up we got is the uh, the Circuit City Bowl. Both these teams have been liquidating their assets but as quickly as possible here. You got the New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills. Looks like it's sitting uh, right around nine or so in, in favor of the Bills with a total of 40 and a half. So what, uh, where did this one open at, Rob? Yeah, this one uh, opened six, six and a half. And uh, we'll see the win total. Let's do it that way. Uh, keep it easy. Uh, the Jets right now at Sportsbook sitting at three and a half plus 105 on the over. And, Which uh, is absurd, like for an NFL <laughs> team to be locked that low when they usually, you know, keep them somewhat normalized around eight or so. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I agree. Especially the fact that uh, there's so much juice on the over. 
I mean, uh, little juice on the over. Sorry. And uh, and then uh, obviously the Bills here. Uh, the next one is six and a half plus one fifteen on the over. So both these a uh, little uh, nice little uh, payout for the overs uh, with these definitely like you said shaky teams. And I don't know here. It's uh, it's it's bad and gets bad better type of deal uh the i think tyrod taylor is gonna be playing for buffalo so that's why you saw a little bit of actually earlier today or maybe yesterday i don't know dates kind of run together for me but uh they uh a little bit of money came on a buffalo and then then some jets money came in uh, a you, little bit you mean that nathan peterman era isn't gonna begin yeah <laughs> so um anyway so yeah a little bit of money came in on the like i said buffalo i think it was yesterday money came in after the tyrod taylor announcement and then uh, i think some jets money came in I think it was earlier today, actually, I got a bet in on him, too, so, um, not myself, somebody I follow, and, uh, so yeah, like you said, sitting anywhere from 8 to, I even see a, a 10 with some, some extra, uh, extra juice with the Jets, plus, plus 10 extra juice, so, um, again, you're kind of in that teaser, teaser protection area right there, and I, I don't know, there's not a whole lot to say about this game, I think it's kind of something you watch and see if they're going to be as bad as you expect them to be, or maybe see some flashes of something you can take advantage of, but yeah, going to be sitting in the window here other than you know, myself other than the fact that I you know follow a play from uh, an external source so yeah I mean I don't know everyone's been trashing the, the Jets quarterback situation I mean say what you want about Josh McCown but <laughs> I'm just kidding he's, he's pretty terrible I wouldn't expect uh, the Jets to be any good this year obviously based on that line projection but at the same time like can can Buffalo really be laying nine to a division rival and especially in the first game you, you kind of have a good idea of, of what teams are going to be like somewhat you know the, not that you're going to get everyone right by any means but you kind of have a general sense but at the same time to the Jets just being lined as a like historically bad team it's like that's kind of a little bit of leap of faith to to be laying nine with a below average team themselves in Buffalo like I said, especially in a division rival game where the total is only lined at 40, 40 and a half, so they're expecting a lower scoring game, which make the points relatively more valuable. It just seems pretty pretty hard to believe. So, I mean, I, I definitely am not going to be jumping in huge with the Jets, but, I mean, that's the only way I could look in this game. Like you said, they have they put it up to nine, nine and a half a little bit for teaser protection so people don't tease Buffalo down to two and a half and get it through three. But even... I mean, obviously, a Buffalo two and a half in the teaser is a lot more likely to cover than the nine. But even that, I wouldn't feel great about. Like, I wouldn't be shocked by any means if Tyrod Taylor and Buffalo and uh, who's who's their new coach this year? They they got um, Sean McDermott, who I don't really have any strong opinions about. But who knows what you know how good he's going to be? So I think this game's. Pretty much just take the points and, and hope the Jets aren't as bad as people think, or Buffalo's worse than even they're projected, or just kind of wait and see what happens and, and go on from there. Next game up we got is Atlanta at Chicago. Looks like Atlanta's laying seven here with a little bit of juice towards Chicago, and the total forty nine and a half or so. So what uh, where this one open at? Yeah, this one open uh, six, six and a half most of the places. I think there's a few rogue sixes out there, but um, and then we also yeah for the win totals Atlanta right now sitting at nine and a half over one one fifteen, and Chicago sitting at five and a half even money on the over. So um, yeah, it, I was listening to a sportsbook director from Boyd Gaming earlier today, and he said that 
when they first put this line back up uh, originally, it was sitting at, it released it at, I think, uh, six and a half, and saw a little bit of money coming right away just on Atlanta from uh, some public betters. So they just, instead of even waiting, they just put it right up to seven. Just uh, They knew it was going to come. They might as well put it there right away. So, um, Which is kind of the same deal with New England. You can just kind of tell that it's a public team. They're in the Super Bowl last year, so you know the money's going to be coming on them, especially when you're playing a team uh, like Chicago. Um, but with that being said, I'm definitely uh, like the Chicago side here. Um, I haven't made an official play, but I do have a little bit of money on it at seven. Um, and right now it's sitting anywhere six and a half or, or seven with uh, with some juice uh, with Chicago. So uh, I, if you do like Chicago, I think it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to lock in at seven if you can get a, especially if you can get it at a flat one ten. Um, I, I see this line closing probably at six and a half or maybe even down to six. I uh, if, if nothing else, I think it's for sure going to get. Uh, it's not going to get any higher than seven, uh, Atlanta, seven, laying seven for Atlanta. So if you like Atlanta, don't, or I'm sorry, if you like Chicago, I, uh, don't think it hurt to lock in right now. So, um, but yeah, that's definitely the side I'd be liking looking at, uh, Chicago. Yeah. I posted a tweet in May when the openers first came out and said that I like, uh, two teams basically the most, uh, they're two bets at the time. And one of them was Chicago plus six. Um, figuring, you know, Atlanta's Super Bowl hangover is such a stunning way to lose that game, the way they collapse against New England. And losing Kyle Shanahan, which I'm a pretty big fan of as their, their coordinator and bringing in Sarkeesian, I think that's a pretty big downgrade. And it's just historically a, there's been a huge Super Bowl hangover for the loser where they've had a pretty rough year. And down the stretch last year, Chicago they had a bunch of nobodies, but they were pretty frisky. I remember if you remember Matt Barkley stepping up in the pocket and delivering lasers a couple times there. <laughs> yeah, my boy Matt Barkley, he came through for me for a couple bets there down the stretch. So I know it's not him anymore. It's, it's going to be Glennon. But Chicago is not a good team by any means, but I think they're a little bit more live and more frisky than people can credit for at that win total of, what would you say, five or five and a half, whatever that was lined at. I think that's just a tad bit low. I don't think they're going to necessarily win a ton of games, but I think they'll at least be in some games. So I kind of like both sides of the equation in this game. And uh, like I said, I did put that bet in at, at plus six um, back in May. But at seven, especially if it gets to a flat 110, I'll take a, another big chunk. But if uh, even if not, I'll I'll pay the minus 120 to take the plus seven with Chicago. I don't know if they necessarily win the game, but I think it's definitely um, they're going to be live. And if, even if they don't, I think they could very well get the uh, get the cover here. So. I like Chicago quite a bit, and uh, that's going to be, I'm going to release that likely as one of my official plays here uh, before kickoff on Sunday. Next game we got up is Jacksonville at Houston, which should be a thrilling battle of premier quarterbacks. Looks like Houston's sitting at minus five, five and a half, with a total of 39 and a half, 40, somewhere in there. What about, uh, what's this line been doing? Yeah, uh, a little bit of money on Houston here. Uh, yeah, yeah, it opened at uh, four and a half, it's looking like, for the most part, uh, Houston. And the win total for these two teams, Houston right now is sitting at eight and a half over minus 120, and Jacksonville over six and a half uh, minus 115. So, um, yeah, a little bit of movement towards Houston. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I think with the whole, you know, obviously the catastrophe that's going down south, uh, Houston's got to play with that and all that stuff. Uh, J.J. Watt, you can stuff that he's dealing with and the 
the charity and the fundraising that he's got got going on. He's got a big movement going rolling, so it's kind of a you know good thing. And I think it's been one of those things that uh, might maybe help him together for this game. But uh, so I don't know this isn't a game I necessarily want to fade him on. Uh, I don't know if I really want to back him laying this amount of points. I'm not super high on Houston, but uh, Jacksonville's uh, you know you don't know where you're going to get really either. It's one of those deals where you know how many pick six and Bortles throw or same type of deal, but. Um, this be a game where I'd be leaning towards Houston if anywhere. I'm probably going to stay away, um, but it'd be either Houston or pass probably for me. But down the road, I'm definitely going to be looking to fade Houston more and more as uh, I think this might play into uh, their season, the, the whole catastrophe um, with the weather and everything uh, that, that happened. That uh, might, might play into it more as the season goes on, is, my, is what I'm saying. So, like I said, uh, Houston made me look here um, just to hope that they can rally, you know, rally the troops type of deal, but I'm uh, looking, probably looking to fade them. You know, coming middle of the season, week three, four, uh, you know, eight, somewhere in there. So, yeah, it is interesting how I think there's are a lot of unknown variables in this game that are pretty hard to account for. Like you said, the motivational aspect. You know, you don't want to take a dis- disaster like it is and turn it into strictly a handicapping point without you know being sympathetic and everything to what's going on, but. Just to strictly look at it from a handicap perspective, it's hard to figure out exactly how that's going to impact uh, this this game or, or Houston in general. But I think I agree with you. Who knows right away for the first game or two? But as the season goes on, you'd sure think it would have to wear wear on the team and maybe you know drain them a little bit more. So maybe look to fade them a little bit more as the season goes on. But we'll see how that plays out. Um, then another unknown variable is if Blake Bortles is just really bad or historically bad. And, uh, you know, I guess who's, who knows? And even, even your guy, uh, the macho man, Tommy Savage, you know, he's been pretty respectable at times and he's been pretty awful at times. So in a game like this where you just, I don't know, there's not a whole lot of knowns. Uh, it's pretty easy for me to stay away. Like I would agree with you. I'd lean Houston if anything, but I don't really feel great laying five with them. Uh, especially because Jacksonville's defense can be pretty decent at times. So if Bortles does somehow have a clean game, five does kind of seem like a lot for uh, Tommy Savage and the boys to to cover. So for me, it's a pretty easy pass. Uh, next game up we got is Philadelphia at Washington. And it looks like right now Philadelphia is about a one-point favorite, a total of 48. What's this one been doing? Yeah, this one, uh, this is, Quite a bit of movement, uh, but uh, Philadelphia actually opened as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, and Washington was a favorite, and now they uh, climbed all the way up through a pick, and now they're even getting some money, uh, even at, as a little bit of a road shock here. Um, season win total for these two teams uh, right now. Philadelphia is sitting at over eight-and-a-half, uh, flat 110, and uh, Washington sitting at seven-and-a-half on the over. Plus uh, the one one thirty, uh, and again this is at sportsbook, uh, all the same. So, um, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, a lot of Philadelphia money. I think a lot of from the sharper players, but this is kind of a a deal where the books are definitely going to be rooting for Washington because you know there's not going to be a whole lot of square betters or recreational betters on on Washington here, just because Philadelphia is kind of a team that uh, a public more public team, especially if they got you know a young quarterback like Wentz and a team where they can you know have some people to. Some young, some young gunners and uh, just an exciting team to watch. They kind of were like that at the start of the year, and then when they were undefeated or whatever, they went five and zero, six and zero at the start of the season yeah, last year. But then they kind of fell off. But 
um, between these two teams, I definitely see some support uh, for Philly, and uh, I think I'd probably agree with it. It's uh, one of those deals I got Philly at a better number than it's at now, but uh, you know, I, I'd still have to lean that way, and I, I have to think that this number's getting going to get closer to three, if anything, uh, not going to go the other way back to Washington. So um, I'd be looking towards, like I said, looking towards Philly at this one, and uh, what would it like to get a better number if you're going to bet it, but I still don't think it's a terrible bet as it is now. Yeah, I was listening to one bookmaker a couple of days ago. I forgot who it was exactly, but he was saying that there oh, there is a, you know, a bunch of money on Philadelphia. And he said it was basically, I figured it was going to be at least a mix of sharp and square money, but he said it was basically exclusively sharp money, which kind of surprised me because I I can definitely see it. And I I think Philadelphia has a fairly high ceiling and I could see them being a pretty good team at some point in this year, but I also don't think it's nearly as much of a sure thing as, as some people do, I guess. And, and Washington's not great, but they're, you know, I'd say they're almost the definition of like a mediocre team. And they've had Philly's number the last couple of years. I think they beat them every time. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think Wentz could potentially take a pretty big step up or, you know, or be a, better in his second year. But I also, he showed enough. Uh, you know, shakiness that I don't necessarily feel super confident in that either. So this is an interesting game to me. Um, I, I get the money. I don't know if I'm totally on board with it, but yeah, if you force me to pick away, I'd, I guess I'd lean Philadelphia, but I, I don't feel super strongly about it. But this will be a fun one to watch, I think, that's for sure. The next game up we got is another interesting one. It's Arizona at Detroit. Looks like right now we're sitting at Arizona anywhere from 1 to 2. And total of about 48 or so. What do you got on this one? Yeah, pretty similar to the, the game we just talked about. But Detroit opened as a uh, just under three favorite. It was about two and a half with heavy juice or two and a half flat. Uh, I don't think there's quite any threes flat showing. But uh, now we're, yeah, like you said, Arizona, we're seeing one and a half two. So it all flipped in the other direction. <laughs> What's that? I'm saying. Oh, I thought you were saying something. But yeah, so. Uh, um, Arizona win total right now sitting at over and over eight and a half uh, with heavy juice minus one fifty and uh, that's so it's pretty close to nine and then uh, what do we got here Detroit is right now sitting at over seven and a half plus one forty five so um hundred to win one hundred forty five so uh yeah I don't know these two teams it's I I really don't even like either of them uh even at the number now I. I don't really have a whole lot to say. I mean, I don't know. It uh, it's kind of tough. I just really, I really don't like Detroit a whole lot. So I mean, I guess if I had to lean one way, it'd be towards Arizona, but definitely not too confident either way. Uh, I don't really want to lay points on the road with Arizona, especially with Palmer's as old as he's getting, and just a lot of uncertainty. So um, I think this one's gonna be a pretty easy pass for me, but uh, might be somewhat of an interesting game, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree that I don't really trust Palmer. Um... If you look out for the outlook of the whole year, like I wouldn't take them, you know, like in fantasy leagues or be betting over season totals for props or for yardage or anything like that with him, or even necessarily too confident in Arizona's long term future. But I feel like at the very beginning of the year when Arizona's healthy, because they were just totally injury riddled last year, I feel like Arizona's best is still a fairly high ceiling. And if they come out, like Palmer could be totally shot, and that would worry me a little bit to like really hammer Arizona in this game. But I feel like as long as Palmer plays a decent game, um, Arizona, I think, is just a significantly better team than Detroit in pretty much every other area that, than quarterback. So I I like the 
I like their defense way better than Detroit. Like Detroit's defense was, I think, very underlooked in terms of how poor they were last year. So I could, I, I yeah, you don't like laying two points when you could have been getting two earlier. So I mean, that's that's never a good bet. But for the time being, if you just look at it in a vacuum, I think I uh, still like Arizona a fair amount here. Anything under th- under three myself, and uh, I just I'm. As much as I think Arizona could potentially be better this year, which they should be because I think they were, had some pretty tough luck last year, the bigger part for me in, the, in this equation is I just think Detroit's not very good. I think they got super lucky last year. What was it? They were behind, I think, in every fourth quarter like or something like that. It's just ridiculous. And they had an insane record in uh, one-score games. And then Stafford, like who knows if Arizona's going to be a winning team at the end of the year or not. But Stafford's record against winning teams is like five and forty-six straight up, or something like that. It's just, just horrific. Which it's not just him, obviously, but the whole, the whole crew. And uh, and then also look at the coaching mismatch. I think Bruce Arians is a top five coach in the league, and Caldwell's probably a bottom five or bottom ten for sure. So, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of matchup uh, here that are in favor of Arizona. It's just kind of a shame if you missed the boat at this point to be jumping on late, but that's still the only way I'd look personally. Next game we got up is uh, Oakland at Tennessee. Looks like Tennessee's about a two, two-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 50-and-a-half. What do you got on this one? Yeah, uh, another one pretty similar. Uh, switch goes through pick and switches uh, who's favorite. Uh, Oakland opened up as a favorite, one two-point favorite, um, and you, you just know they put that out there just because of Oakland being such a popular team, especially here in Vegas, uh, with them potentially moving, or not potentially, but they're going to be moving here in the next couple of seasons. So uh, a lot of hype and excitement here, so that's why they you know kind of put that there as a protection just because they know there's going to be a lot of public money coming in. But uh, the Tennessee is kind of the, the sharp the sharp pick, so that's why, uh, just like in the win totals, uh, get into that here. Uh, Oakland right now is sitting at over 9.5, 105, and uh, Tennessee looks like they're sitting at eight and a half, over 8.5, minus 185, which is uh, extremely high. I just don't want to move off that number, I guess, but essentially that's like over 9, what, minus uh, like 115 or something like that. It's about worth 50 cents uh, per half point, so that's pretty crazy. Um but yeah, just to talk about the win totals too, it's Tennessee's kind of a kind of a pick that all a lot of sharp players like. Uh, you know, the professional guys like Tennessee. Even in the last year, they're kind of a, a little bit of a sleeper, and I, I do like it. And I see I see where they're coming from. Um, the, the, the it's kind of I don't know. I liked them when they're under the radar, but now they're kind of more main not mainstream. I'd say, but they're definitely more well known now, where they you know people know that they potentially be pretty good um so i liked the last year when you kind of get them as a sleeper role but now you're kind of more well known and you know Mariota's getting better supposedly and you know that they got some weapons and and they might be able to you know, have a pretty solid team all together um so i don't know if you'll be able to get as much value i guess is my point as you could last year so we'll kind of keep an eye on that uh and then oakland's kind of the opposite of that you kind of had the public the same same perspective with only with the public instead of the sharp betters on them so they're kind of you know, the, the public kind of jumped on them last year, and they kind of, you know, won those close games, got them done, and they thought it regressed the mean, but never really did. Um, so now it seems like they're kind of even more, you know, mainstream now. And, you know, it, I don't know if you can quite get enough value betting against them as much as you could last year that I w- w- thought you could get, and not that it panned out all the time, but it seemed like there was a little overinflated, especially towards the end of the year. And uh, these are kind of, it seems to me, like two teams that both kind of get more, I don't want to say mainstream, but getting more, uh, a little bit more attention. So 
Uh, I got a little bit of Tennessee in my pocket. Uh, I got them at plus one, but now they're sitting at you know anywhere from two, through, uh, two and a half, one and a half, somewhere in there, just shy of three. And I won't be surprised at all if this got up to a, a flat three uh, in Tennessee's favor. So I like I like it uh, when they were you know getting some points at home against Oakland, but um, you know I'd, I'd still definitely lean kind of like with Philly. I'd still definitely go you know bet Tennessee here if if you liked them. Uh, I don't think it hurts you to lock it in before it gets. Uh, I think like I said, I think we'll get to three before kickoff, flat three. Yeah, it's interesting with Tennessee being a pretty favorite team of the Sharps and uh, Philadelphia being the same way. I, I can see both the cases for them, but I don't necessarily totally agree. Like, I, I'm not by any means outright fading either of them, but I'm also not totally on the bandwagon. So I think they're both kind of just wait and see for me where, yeah, if Mariota takes a leap or if the secondary gets shored up for them, uh, I think they have potential to be pretty good squad but at the same time this seems kind of like they've been and oh yeah they were getting some attention last year not quite as much as this year but um it just didn't totally pan out even though they were you know an, an average team um even if they do take a step up but the markets adjust with them you might not get any value on them anyway so that's something you got to really um assess is are, are teams going to not necessarily be different than they were last year or different than what the necessarily people think they are right now, but are they going to be different from what they are as the season goes on? So maybe if you do get a point of value here in Tennessee, but they look really good the first few weeks for, you know, week five, week six, you might be like, Oh wow. You know, I'm, I'm in on Tennessee now, but if the markets are seeing the same thing and they've already caught up, they might've at least adjusted to where you think they are or even further. And so then all the value is either gone or there might be value going against that. So here's the thing where if Tennessee does come out and look really good, I'm going to want to jump on the bandwagon early and make sure I get get there before all the value is extracted from them. But if they if they don't look as good, then I'm just probably not going to be on them or against them here for a while. So this is a game I'm really interested to watch. Um, Oakland is is a, one of like the most uh, popular public teams especially with moving to Vegas here soon. Uh there's going to be a lot of a lot of public money on Oakland basically every week just like you were just saying at the end of the year last year. I was betting against Oakland pretty frequently and, and did pretty good doing that, but uh I don't know. It seems like the hate's gone a little bit too far against Oakland from the the sharp betters cuz I know I I can see betting the unders uh for the Oakland six season win total and there's been a lot of backlash against uh, how bad their defense is because their defense is was pretty horrific, and they did get super lucky in close games last year, and they got super lucky in turnover margin, which are both huge indicators of uh, future success. And Oakland was very fortunate last year, and those are likely to regress to the mean. So I, it's it, it does make sense that Oakland's going to be worse, but at the same time, I think you know the markets might be adjusting a little over here on Oakland. And not that I'm going to be on them necessarily this week, but if Tennessee gets to a full three, it'd be hard not to be a little intrigued by Oakland because you sure like Carr's by far a better quarterback than Mariota, I think, um, so far from what we've seen. That that might not be the case going forward, but as of now, and if Tennessee's secondary isn't any better, their defenses might be a wash. And if that's the case, then I think I'd prefer to have Oakland's offense over Tennessee's offense. And getting the full three, um, it might not be a bad situation, but 
anyway, this will be a fun one to watch. Uh, just kind of a wait and see approach for me on both these teams for the most part. I'm most likely not going to be involved, but I'll be rooting for Tennessee for you. <laughs> um, next game up is the Tampa Miami game, which got postponed. So we don't need to talk about that. Obviously, it is interesting that um, they're going to reschedule that game to the, their week eleven when they both had a bye week. Um, so they're going to be playing sixteen games in a row, which is pretty crazy. I'm surprised they're, uh, you know, the players' association hasn't thrown a conniption about that because you think, you know, they're really big on the bye week and giving the players a little time to rest. So it'll be interesting to see if that has any long-lasting effects on these teams going forward if they kind of wear down a little bit more than most teams. Because I know, um, even when uh, when the Vikings had a bye in week four, was it last year? or five or whatever, a couple of years ago maybe. I remember towards the end of the year, they really seemed beat up and kind of at a disadvantage against teams that had a bye in like week 11 or something where they had a little bit later in the season bye and could kind of refresh then. So this is basically like the extreme version of that where it'll be really interesting to see if it takes a toll on these two teams later in the season. But do you want to give the season win tolls uh, quick for these two teams? Yeah, I was going to chime in and say that. But yeah, Tampa Bay right now sitting over 8.5 minus 105. And Miami looks like they're over seven and a half minus one ten. Um, I don't know. I I don't really have any I don't know, any feeling on those two win totals. Uh, I think it might help Miami though in this case to get in postponed. I think just getting another you know next extra week of Cutler getting him with the whole system and everything. Uh, not that it's super. You know, he's gonna have to adjust a ton, but I think it's definitely gonna be uh, very helpful for him. Uh, so I was expecting him to look pretty sloppy the first week, so we'll see if uh, that. Helps them out at all uh, going into week two. Yeah, just a couple of more tidbits on this. The Tampa, they've been on the hard knocks team this year. I know there's some people who say the, you know, bet against the hard knocks team because the public, you know, gets all excited about them and the lines go over inflated. But the last handful of years, I think the hard knocks team has been like 96 to 95 or something. It's been pretty right down the middle. So I don't think the hard knocks. Um, there is really an effect either way, just a, a note there. And Tampa's been one of those teams that's been kind of a popular sleeper for, what, like four years now? And it just never really seems to come through. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if, you know, Jameis and Dirk Cutter, and the they can take a step forward. I'm, I'm not totally against them, but I also I wouldn't be betting on them myself. So there's a decent chance I'll be going against Tampa a little bit. Like you said with Cutler, um, it'll be interesting to see how in sync he is with that offense early, being hooking back up with Adam Gase, who is his uh, coordinator there in Chicago. Um, I'm a big, big Adam Gase fan, so I think he might be able to get him straightened out a little bit. And I think Cutler at times can be pretty good too, even though he was pretty rough last year. But um, it'll be interesting to see how in sync he looks with the offense early. And if he does, uh, I'll be jumping on Miami, I think, uh, assuming the market doesn't pick up on it right away. And there might be a little bit of value there uh, if if they do look good early. But if, if he doesn't, then it'll probably be a wait-and-see approach and see if he does at any point start picking up a little bit. Then I'll uh, hopefully look for that buy sign on Miami at some point. Next game up we got here is Baltimore-Cincinnati. Uh, looks like Cincinnati's laying three and totals 42.5. What do you got on this one? Yeah, um, this one's another... Opened uh, about Cincinnati one and a half two. 
Uh, I think there's even some ones that I saw at first open, but... Uh, oh, there was. There was some ones. <laughs> yeah. And I, your, your boy's got one of them. Yeah, you got one of those ones. That I figured that was coming, so I better make sure I catch myself there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, but that's uh, that. That's that. And then uh, for the season win totals, right now Baltimore over 8.5 plus 130, and Cincinnati's over 8.5 plus 110. So, um. I, honestly, both these teams, I'd wanna, I kind of want to fade and, and lean under on both these, but uh, I haven't haven't bet any season win totals. I don't really plan on doing it now, especially after the market's kind of adjusted. So you're not really kind of getting getting to the market late if you're going to be betting these season wins now. Um, but uh, I do, I, I lean under on both those teams. Uh, and even in this game, I think it's uh, you know not really too high on either of them, obviously. But uh, obviously, yeah, like I'm definitely rooting for you with the Cincy pick. But uh, that'd, that'd be the only way I could look. I don't know how you could really. Baltimore with Flacco on just too many too many question marks and um, they had a lot of injuries last year uh, in Baltimore but uh, yeah, we'll see how they come out I mean I could see them potentially being okay again if Flacco kind of gets it together but I could also see Cincinnati being the same type of team where they could be okay and then you know maybe get they did get to the playoffs somehow they would you know get bumped the first round or something like that and kind of be a disappointment. I mean to Marvin Lewis they pull up Marvin Lewis. <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> but uh, so yeah I don't know like I said I don't really have a whole lot of opinion on this game, but it'll be a, a good little rivalry rivalry to uh, watch here on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. At the current price at three, I had, I had lean Cincy, but uh, you know, I don't feel super comfortable with uh, you know, yeah, Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton covering more than a field goal in a division game like this that's been pretty even over the last few years. But at, I figure I just thought under under three was a bargain because I think these teams are. Pretty equal. Like I said, I'm not high on either of them, kind of like you, but, um, and both of them just kind of had weird seasons last year. They didn't really pan out how they wanted to. And they were both right around 500. And, uh, I don't think either of them have a particularly high ceiling, but they, both of them could maybe sneak into the playoffs or, you know, they'll be an average team again. So I just thought if it was less than three, take the home field and, and uh, go with it, and uh, like so, I liked it quite a bit when I locked it in at one. And now it's, I don't know, I'd, uh, I'd probably stay away from it at this point. But uh, yeah, this is I don't know, fun game to watch again, but uh, no strong opinion at this point. So we'll go to the uh, last of the one o'clock or the you know the early games. We got Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Looks like Pittsburgh is laying about nine and a total of forty-seven. Yeah, uh, this one's sitting about the same, eight and a half, nine, depends on the book, even some nine and a half, but again, it's a teaser protection line, and I, know I haven't seen a whole lot of movement from what I can see here, so, from uh, from first open, so, um, and then the season win totals, what do we got, Pittsburgh at ten and a half, minus 160, and uh, Cleveland sitting right now at over four and a half, minus 150, um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna be laying uh, 150 juice on the over four and a half for Cleveland, especially how bad they were last year. But um, it, that'd be the way I'd look. Uh, obviously, taking some money on the on the over there on their season win. So, um, but yeah, I'm not not getting to the window on that now. And uh, Pittsburgh kind of just a stay away um, to me for the season wins. And then as for this week, uh, week one, I, I, again, it's it's tough. It, I I got kind of crushed crushed my teeth in a little bit last year but bed with Cleveland and taking so many points uh double digits a lot of times and even then they couldn't even cover and just kind of shaking your head and watching the different quarterbacks they had and just fall apart and they maybe stay in it for you know 
quarter or two, and sometimes a little bit more than that. But by the fourth quarter, they were just gassed, uh, especially that defense. So I don't know if I really want to get involved early again this year. And even though I think that's where if you're going to get any value, obviously that's where it's going to be. But um, uh, kind of you know, nice last year, a little little good that I was on Cleveland and kept seeing value every week, but eventually just kind of stopped betting them, and uh, which was a good thing, obviously. Uh, they just never really could win and not, not ever cover for the most part. So I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the same this year, so I think they might be you know, slightly better just judging out their win totals as well. But um, I I don't know if I'm going to – I don't think I'm going to get involved this game, but uh, this that'd be the side look is taking Cleveland home with the points, uh, especially if you get a 10. Yeah, I mean, we were like broken records last year. It's like, all right, well, this Cleveland line's about three points too high, and we'd jump on them, and inevitably they'd find a way to blow it. And uh, that definitely wasn't helpful for our, either of our bottom lines, I don't think, last year. But I know I know we weren't alone. There was a lot of, uh, you know, quote-unquote sharp betters that were seeing the same thing we were, and a lot of times they sh- should have covered by all, by all means and just couldn't quite get it done. But, you know, I'm... Uh, a little bit of a masochist myself. <laughs> I'm probably going to be on them a lot again this year because it's just the value is still there. And the only thing that's going to hold me off this week is with Kaiser starting the you know the quarterback from Notre Dame for him. Um, just a total unknown quantity. Like I, I'm not super high on him. Just not, not that I'm a you know Mel Kiper or anything scouting him out and uh, grading the tape, but uh, just saw him a couple games at Notre Dame and, and wasn't the biggest fan. Or of his uh, his attitude, so I'll kind of take a wait and see approach on him, and as long as he's uh, you know serviceable or or better, uh, I think there'll be a little bit of a buy sign on Cleveland going forward for me. And I, I don't think I'd jump. I'm not going to jump in at nine. If it gets up to ten, I might be tempted to take a little piece because it seems like Cleveland and Pittsburgh, even as good as Pittsburgh's been and as bad as Cleveland's been, it seems like they end up playing weird games a lot. I remember last year, I think Cleveland was up 20 nothing on Pittsburgh, and then Pittsburgh stormed back to, to win that game. But it just seems like they're kind of wonky games. And it's interesting to me that everyone's kind of crowned Pittsburgh as either the second-best team in the league or for sure the second-best team in the AFC. I think, you know, they, they've been good for a while, but it's not like they've been, you know, world beaters where they have a particular unit where they can necessarily hang their hat on them because their offense has been good, but, you know, Roethlisberger's got hurt at times, and um, you know they just they haven't been totally clicking at times. Remember, they went down and got smoked in Miami last year, and there's just been they're not as consistent, I guess, as you know, New England or or even a Seattle or other teams like that. So I, I like Pittsburgh, but it's uh, they're they're not as uh, you know a sure proof, uh, you know, surefire gonna win. 11, 12 games, I don't think, as a lot of people think. So it'll be interesting to see how their season goes forth. But I'm not totally afraid of fading them if it does get up to 10 here. So that was the end of the early games. There looks like there's, what, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. So there's 8 of them after the uh, postponement. And then it looks like there's 3 late games here. So that's... Kind of the annoying split that we talked a lot about last year, how you got a handful of pretty good games early where there's so many games going on, it's hard to keep track of them all. And then later you have three games, and two of them aren't particularly interesting for non-betters. So it's kind of a shame when they do it like that. I wish they'd stack them a little bit more evenly going forward, but uh, it must be you know mon- monetary incentives or something for the NFL to do it this way because it doesn't seem like it's changing anytime soon. But 
The uh, the first of the afternoon games is the Indianapolis Colts at the Los Angeles Rams. Looks like the Rams are three and a half point favorites as it stands, and the total is about forty two. Yeah, the side here, uh, Indianapolis opened a few months ago back in three, three and a half is what they were favorite, and now it's basically the other way. Uh, Rams three, three and a half, and obviously it's because of the the move from Luck to Tolzien, so no surprise there. Um, season win totals, same type of deal. A lot of money on the, you know, Colts went down about a game and a half, or it was off the board for a while, and now it's sitting at under seven and a half, minus 185, so super heavy juice. And then, uh, the Rams, Sitting at uh, what is it over five and a half minus one twenty, um, so it, I don't know. It uh, I don't really have any opinion on this game. It's just Tolzien. I don't want any part of him. I don't really want a part of the Rams and Goff and especially Olayne over a field goal. So yeah. So anyway, so I don't. I can't really take either team here. I I don't even really want to watch this game. He's with the quarterback, so be an easy pass for me and uh, stay away and. I don't really have any opinion side total or uh, season win totals on these two teams. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of opinion on these either. Um, it's interesting um, the the valuation from Luck to Tolzien. Uh, you know, it moved what I guess seven points total, but I think there was already going to be a little bit of movement towards the Rams, even with Luck in there. And every time. A, I know Rodgers got hurt before when Tolzien backed him up. And remember last year on Thanksgiving, I had the Colts when Luck was out against the Steelers and Tolzien came in. And it wasn't like he was horrifically awful, but he was just super conservative. And um, both times his teams got blown out and the adjustment wasn't quite enough. So uh, it'll be interesting here. I don't know if I really want to take a leap of faith and lay three and a half, though, with Jared Goff, who didn't show a whole lot of signs last year necessarily either. But uh, and I also don't really know what to make of the the Rams' new coach, Sean McVay. I don't really have any strong feelings about him. So uh, basically there's a lot of unknowns in this game that even though I don't think it'll be the most interesting, this will be a game I'll be have on one of the screens and you know hopefully try to draw some strong conclusions for not only the podcast next week, but... Uh, you know, for some bets going forward on these teams, I think there potentially could be uh, a little bit of value in the Rams going forward if the if I like the coach and or and or if Goff kind of figures out a little bit in the second year because they do have a lot of talent on the roster. Other than that, and anything's got to be an upgrade from from Jeff Fisher because <laughs> he was pretty pretty rough there towards the end. So um, yeah, no real opinion on this one. The next game up is uh, definitely the best of the afternoon games. We got Seattle at Green Bay. Looks like Green Bay is laying three, total of fifty-one or so. Yeah, this one uh, probably the most, the least amount of movement I can see uh, on the whole board. Pretty much set at steady three the whole time. So not much movement, and uh, all they really do is just move juice around. I think you can maybe find a three and a half at some point, but even then it's with some, some juice towards Seattle. So. Um, and the season win totals right now, Green Bay sitting at over 10.5 plus 110. And Seattle's sitting at over 10.5 minus 135. So, uh, kind of similar two teams as, as you can see here. It's, it seems like this game's always, uh, when these two teams play each other, it's always about three. It's, uh, kind of crazy, but, uh, I think last year when Green Bay, uh, was at home against Seattle, I think they were getting three though, I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I think this line's right where it should be. Uh, I don't see it 
really moving at all. I think it's going to close there. Total, I think it's about right, and uh, just be a good game. And uh, we'll see what happens and maybe see if we can bet on or against these teams moving forward. But uh, this week, I don't have a whole lot of opinion. It's going to be a good game to watch. I think it doesn't sound like it makes a whole lot of sense, but I think Seattle is going to be the better team long term. But I kind of like Green Bay a little bit in this spot. I just think that their home field advantage is is just pretty strong, and it seems like uh, there's been a, I don't know. It seems like I remember at least one or two games where Seattle came in here, and this is supposed to be a good, good game, and Green Bay Green Bay just kind of blew their doors off. No, I'm not saying that's going to happen necessarily, but uh, you know, I don't know. It just seems like getting Green Bay at home, laying only three. You know, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a terrible bet, so I don't. I'm not going to be going heavy on it by any means and maybe not even on it at all. But I would definitely lean towards Green Bay for this game. But I think Seattle has a higher ceiling slash will be better at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, that's I don't really have any super strong takeaways from that. Not a whole lot of um, interesting changes. These teams are both pretty well-run programs that, uh, you know, keep, keep bringing back the same good players and, and should be going to watch. Uh, last game of the afternoon, we have the Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco 49ers. Looks like the Panthers are laying about five and a half here on the road, uh, total 48 or so. Yeah, this one opened five, four, somewhere in there, and then Carolina took some money, and then uh, a little bit of San Francisco money, so it's kind of settled right in there. Um, season win totals, San Francisco right now over four and a half, minus 185, so heavy juice there. And then uh, Carolina sitting over nine, uh, minus uh, 120. So um, again, not really much opinion on those two teams on the win totals in this game. Uh, definitely a San Francisco pass. I think I got a little San Francisco in my pocket if I remember right. Um, uh, a little bit higher when it, I think when it reached six, six and I got to six and a half. I'm not sure if I got one of those or not. But at this, not that it matters a whole lot. But yeah, it's a San Francisco for me. But Carolina's such a wild card team to me. Obviously, two years ago they were one of the best teams in the league, and then last year they were had a super disappointing season after that Super Bowl uh, loser hangover. So uh, it, it's kind of tough, but uh, definitely San Francisco here, and especially if it creeps any higher with some public money before kickoff. But I don't really see that coming. I think it's going to sit it right around here, maybe even go a little bit closer uh, towards uh, San Francisco and drop a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that. Not that you're just going off last year, but Carolina was six and ten last year, and now their win totals all the way at nine. Um, it, you know, it's not a huge leap, but it's a fairly big leap when they they got you know they drafted McCafferty, but they really I don't know if they really and they got your guy Khalil to just to hold down Cam, but other than that, uh, did they really make that many big uh, you know improvements, or are they just and I don't think they were. A particularly unlucky team last year. Uh, so I'm, I'm not super high in Carolina. I, I know, like, like you're saying, they were really good two years ago, and last year they maybe were worse now. They're, they're probably somewhere in between. But if you're going to ask them to win 10 games minimum to clear the win total, that seems like kind of a big ask for um, you know a team that I don't think is particularly talented or untalented. I think they're just kind of a middle-of-the-road team. So that seems like a little high to me in terms of their win total. Um in this particular game, you know, traveling west, even though it's the first week, and playing a San Francisco team that they might, 
they might overlook a little bit or not take super seriously just because San Francisco has been bad here for a couple of years and, um, and they're expected to be bad again this year. And, uh, I don't know. It would be interesting because I think, um, San Francisco might be a little bit friskier than, than people think. I'm a big fan of Shanahan, the new coach coming from Atlanta. And then, uh, you know, notwithstanding that collapse there in the Super Bowl. But other than, I think he's a pretty good coach. And then, um, you know, Hoyer at quarterback, he's no great shakes himself, but he, uh, he at least, I mean, he's won the most games and or the best winning percentage in Cleveland Browns history in the last 20 years or something like that, which isn't saying much, but he's at least a decent game manager and, and can be, you know, can be pretty solid at times and does, he can make a mistake or two, but it's not like he's going to totally tank the team. So I think he should at least keep it competitive. I know he tore up the Vikes in that preseason game on the third game, which is, you know, kind of the most, uh, like regular season game. So I think San Francisco, I think they're being valued as one of the worst teams, and I think they could uh, potentially, kind of like I was saying with the Bears, they could be a little bit friskier than that. So when you're catching five and a half, six points here at home against a team that I'm not particularly enamored with, I think that's a pretty decent value here. And then not only that, San Francisco, uh, it's a small sample size, and you know there's a lot of uh, fluidity here. But the last couple of years, they've came out really strong. I know they beat uh, the Rams last year, I think it was 28 nothing in the opener, and then they smoked the Vikings two years ago in the opener. So whether there's anything to that or it's just random noise, uh, San Francisco's came out hot the last couple of years uh, before they've kind of fallen off later in the year. So I'm definitely intrigued here with San Francisco and almost for sure we'll end up having to bet on them by the end of the week. Uh, the night game here, we got the Giants at Dallas. Uh, looks like Dallas is laying four. And the total is about 48. Yeah, this one opened about five and a half, five, six, somewhere in there, depending on the book and, and the time. Um, season win totals. Uh, Giants right now sitting at over eight and a half, minus a buck fifty. And Dallas is sitting at over nine and a half, plus 120. Uh, obviously, Ezekiel, it has a lot to do with not only the, uh, not, I shouldn't say a lot, but a little bit to do with, uh, not only the line for this first week, but also the, the season win totals for Dallas. So, um, his, his suspension. Um, this is kind of a deal. I think when this both this line was released at like six or five and a half, whatever it was there, uh, depending on the book. I think me and you both like the Giants, and still kind of feel that way. I don't think it changed a whole lot. Um, I think it was people misconstrued a little bit, thinking that Elliott was worth that many points when it moved down. At, at one point, it was down to about three, three and a half. Uh, I think maybe three with some juice on Dallas, but uh, I, don't, I think that's a little uh, misleading because I think there's some money from the sharp betters on the Giants as well, so it's kind of you know merged it all together. So uh, kind of hard to tell exactly what he was worth. Um, it's one of those deals that once uh, you know if someone like me or you wanted to bet the Giants, we're kind of waiting to hope that it goes up just with the public before kickoff. So then if something like that happens, you know they might just rush to the window because of that news because they know it's going to go down. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that it's because of uh, you know, the, the Elliot being injured. So, like I say, a little hard to figure out how much he's actually worth. But, um, again, I, I'm not going to be – I don't really like – I wasn't really like a uh, big fan of Dallas last year. I didn't want to back him a whole lot, especially when they're getting to be a bu- big public team with the, the rookie rookies they had last year. Now they're coming into their uh, sophomore season. So, um, I, I think this might be a little bit of a down year for, for Dak. I won't be surprised at all, uh, especially after playing so many games last year. 
uh, some hard-fought games, especially in the playoffs, and I won't be surprised if he has a little bit of a hangover this year. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see. But, yeah, this game, it's either uh, probably a Giants. I don't know if I'm going to be getting to the window, though, or at least his official play. Yeah, then all these teams have played a lot of weird, crazy games, especially in primetime over the last couple of years. A lot of fluky things where one team's, you know, won by one or two points, stuff like that. So, um, in this type of rivalry game, the points are pretty important. And I think the Giants have a better defense than Dallas. And there's no doubt in my mind about that uh, right now. And in terms of the offense, like you said, I, I don't know. Dak was pretty good last year. And, um, you know, definitely manages the games really well and whatnot. But, um, and I wouldn't be totally shocked if he had a little bit of regression himself. And, you know, it's, it is a little scary betting on Eli because, you know, he might throw his third pick early in the second quarter and then cut over to the bench and you see him with the Eli face and you're wondering why you blew your money on him. But I think more times than not, uh, the Giants are going to be pretty competitive here and probably sneak under that number. So, uh, that's kind of the way I look. I don't, I'm not a big McAdoo fan as the Giants coach, but I'm not a big Garrett fan either as the Dallas coach. So I think that's kind of a wash. And, uh, I mean, it just, I guess it all comes down to, the Dallas O-line is as dominant as it's been in the past couple of years, and they can keep the ball running. They might be able to have a little bit of an edge, but I don't think they'll be extremely effective as they've been. I think there's going to be a little bit of, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, they're going to be a little bit worse than they have been. There's going to be a, so, I, I don't know. I think I, I lean the Giants here, but, I don't feel super strongly about it, so I, I might have a bet on him by the end of the week, but uh, I'm not totally sure yet, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if, uh, now with Elliott being in for this game, if by game time, especially after uh, public bettors bet the day games, if they uh, try to double up on Dallas and see if that line can go up at all, and, and if it does, if there's any, there'll probably be some immediate buyback. But it'll, I'll be kind of curious to be one of the more interesting lines to watch as the day goes on and see. Uh, exactly where it moves before kickoff. Uh, now onto the Monday night games. The we got a doubleheader here for the opening week, like they usually do. The first one is the New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Minnesota's three and a half here. The total is about forty-eight. Yeah, this is another line that hasn't done a whole lot of movement. It's been pretty much three, three and a half, uh, depending on the book from open. Uh, a lot of three and a halfs, and yeah, it's pretty much still sitting right there. Um, Seen a few fours too, but season win totals for these two teams currently over eight and a half minus one thirty for the Vikings, and the Saints are sitting at over eight and a half plus one thirty. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's it's harder to diagnose these two teams. How it, how with the Vikings, obviously, yeah, the wishful thinking, hope that they do good and rooting for them this season. I'm a Minnesota fan, but it's. I really wouldn't be surprised either way how they would, you know, come up. I, I would assume, if anything, they'd probably underperform with uh, expectations if I had to, to pick. But um, yeah, we'll see. And even this game, I I don't really want to want them laying the points. Uh, three, three and a half. I'd say it's pretty much a pick em game if you take away home field advantage. But um, also, what are you going to get out of Breeze in, in, in New Orleans? I, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough, especially with that, that defense of theirs. and. Is Breeze getting older, and you know, there's a lot of question marks here. So this is definitely a game I'm gonna be sitting on the sidelines, and uh, yeah, maybe a small, small lane to Minnesota, but uh, most likely not gonna be involved. Uh, Cider total. 
Yeah, I don't like New Orleans on the road, even though it's indoors. And historically, they've been worse out on grass on the road. But I still don't really like New Orleans on the road. I don't like their defenses, you know, just atrocious. So I don't know if there's any reason why that would be better, but I kind of doubt it. And and Minnesota last year, you know, they started off five and zero, and and their uh, offense was pretty brutal throughout basically the whole year. But their defense kind of kept them in it for a while there. And once their when their defense was healthy, and Zim scheme, you know, they were playing really good football. And then once they started to wear down for being on the field so long because their offense couldn't sustain drives, and they started getting injured and stuff, um, then you know the whole season kind of fell apart. So I think it's fairly likely you're going to get a pretty good defensive effort from from the Vikings. Um, you know, the, the offense, I think it all just comes down to the offensive line, which was just atrocious last year. Um, whether they've, get, they've made a lot of changes, I think there's four or five new starters on the line, so whether they can mesh, uh, who knows. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So that's definitely a scary uh, piece of the puzzle if you're thinking about back in the Vikings here. But I think the the defense alone is going to be enough to to win the game. It's just always a scary proposition to bet the Vikings lay a margin. Uh, you know they just haven't really been able to score many points. I think they averaged 17 points last year a game or something like that. So if you're talking about betting a team where they're only averaging 17 or 20 somewhere in there, it's like do you really feel confident that they're going to be able to hold Breeze to less than 14? I mean it's possible, but that's pretty low scoring. So. I, I would lean to the Vikings, but like I said, I, just, I I can't really lay over a field goal with them and feel that comfortable unless I could see some more out of their offense, and particularly that offensive line, uh, give Bradford a little bit more time. So I think for me, unless if the line does get down to three, I'd maybe be tempted in the Vikings. But uh, for the most part, I'm most likely going to be on the sidelines here, just kind of watching this as a fan and, and cheering and seeing um, if there's any takeaways for either of these teams going forward. Uh, finally here, the late game on Monday night, the last one on the slate here is the L.A. Chargers, which still sounds a little weird, versus the Denver Broncos. Looks like Denver's sitting three-and-a-half uh, point favorite and total 43-and-a-half. Yeah, that's one little bit of money towards uh, those new L.A. Uh, the new, a- new, LA- new L.A. team, but yeah, open Denver about four, four-and-a-half in most places, and yeah, like you said, now it's three-and-a-half or even some signs uh, down to three, so... Uh, season win totals, the Chargers right now sitting at over 7.5, uh, a powerful minus 175, and then the Broncos are at over 8.5 plus 130. Uh, yeah, this is a game definitely like the Chargers here um, on the side. I got, I locked in at 3.5. Uh, there are still some 3.5s out there, but most of those are in Vegas. Uh, so if you're not uh, in Vegas, it might be tough to find those. Might have to pay a little extra juice. Um but, yeah, I, I do like the, the Chargers a decent amount of three and a half. I think Denver's got a lot of uh, question marks. Even Simeon, uh, it's a big big if. I don't know. And we haven't really seen a whole lot of upside from him. Uh, not that he really hurts the team a ton like some other quarterbacks, you know, throwing interceptions and, and critical times, but he doesn't, isn't a huge plus either. Definitely below average in my book. And I think, uh, the, you know, the Chargers might have a little bit of an upswing here. After a pretty down year last year, Philip Rivers didn't play that good, but I think he might be uh, might be ready to just shine again a little bit here this year. So I always like Rivers, and uh, I think this might be a year he might show up a little bit. And uh, I think this might be one they get get early, and, and I think they went outright. I don't want to say easy, but I think they uh, might might win it by uh, 
even by more than field goal. So I'm going to go Chargers pretty strong here, and uh, I think hopefully it'll be, if nothing else, a pretty entertaining game to, to finish off the, the week one slate. So I'll take Chargers. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't really have any opinion on this one for the most part. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. If, I think a lot of people are calling for Denver's regression, and I wouldn't be totally shocked. Uh, but I also uh, I don't feel super strong about it myself. So, and a lot of people like the Chargers quite a bit, and I I, I could see it. There's definitely some signs there that are pretty promising, but uh, I just think there's still a lot of unknowns too. And the Chargers seem like a team that always gets injured. So maybe while they're healthy, which they seem to be fairly healthy right now, there there should be a buy sign on them. And then if they start to kind of drop by the wayside, then you can jump off of them. But I know they got their new coach, Anthony Lynn, I know absolutely nothing about. So um, he's another one that I'll be interested to, you know, form an opinion on along with a couple of the other first-year coaches. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, Simeon, I don't feel super strongly about either. So for me, it's just going to be an easy pass here and and another pretty interesting game to watch on their division rivalry. So anyway, that'll conclude the uh, week one slate. Uh, you know, thanks for coming on the pod here, Rob. It was a good time. We uh, got to just get the uh, pick of the weekend here, don't we? Yeah. Just about forgot about it. Well, I think I got the tee box because I'm pretty sure I won last year on that. Like, well, hold on, you're jumping the gun there a little bit, Frank. What was that? Jumping the gun a little bit there. We better get our, our soundbite in here. Oh, okay. The AS Pick of the Week. Hey, don't want to forget about that. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's all right. I think uh, I kind of telegraphed mine a little bit here. It took a little bit of suspense away. But uh, I think I am going to go with uh, Chicago here, taking the seven at home against Atlanta for all the reasons I explained earlier. Where are you looking? Yeah, that's what I was going to, but... Uh, oh, well, that's too bad. Yeah. Get the tee box next time. Yeah, what are you going to do? Um... <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm down to two then. Uh, it's between, obviously, I didn't show a whole lot of excitement to this card, but between two for me, between Philly and uh, and, and the Chargers. And I think, I think I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Um, it looks like, what, about one, I think, laying one is about the yep. consensus. So I think I'll do that. Um, I don't want to sweat it till Monday night, so I'll just get Philly. Uh, hopefully we can get out of the way early. We can get two, uh, hopefully two winners um, early morning uh, Monday or Sunday morning. Or afternoon for All right. you. All right. We want to plug the, uh, looks, looks like you created a, a own sports app here over the summer. You want to plug that in the website? Yeah, real quick before I get into that, I just want to do a little recap from last year. I, I did a total of up all my uh, my spread and total bets, uh, how I did against the closing number. I went through and did that. Um, for the spread bets, uh, just for the picks I released, I should say. Um, for spread bets, I was 20 and 12, um, and with and I had 11 pushes were basically, whatever you want to call it, that didn't. Whatever I release it at, it closed at that same number. So, um, and that's, uh, 62.5%. I was beating the closing number. And, uh, and then I had, out of the ones that I lost, the 12 bad ones, I, uh, six of those I won. So 50% of the time I got a bad number I won, which isn't too crazy. But, and for totals, I went eight, three, and four. So eight, uh, eight, I beat the number eight times and then lost three times, uh, 72.73%. So that's all year between side and total, uh, 65. Uh, just over 65% uh, beating the closing line. So, which is, uh, hopefully I can do a little bit better this year, but definitely, uh, the first thing I look at when trying to look at long-term, you know, evaluation of, of handicapping. And I almost care about the closing line value more than the actual result. So, something I, uh, would definitely consider if you're making your own bets or, or following plays or what have you. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, with the 
with the website. I've been working on it quite a bit. Actually, in the last few months, had some some meetings with some some people at sports books. Uh, don't want to name any names, I guess, just for the fact I didn't actually ask them if it was okay. But uh, some some people, some sports book directors at a few different books. One, uh, I shouldn't say, but anyway, a few different books around Vegas and. Um, some interesting news. Hopefully, we get some some partnerships or deals going with those uh, down the road, and also some other things in the works. But yeah, I worked on the website a little bit, and also uh, just released an app that's in the Google Play Store for Android. Uh, unfortunately, Apple likes to make it very difficult to get apps in their store, and a lot uh, more strenuous process. So uh, that's not there yet. But for Android, there is there, and um, not the uh, not a whole lot of to do with the app, but it makes it uh, a lot easier, I think, and I use it all the time, every day, and I'm going to be integrating push notifications and some other things, so if nothing else, it's just a gateway to do, uh, to open up some other avenues of just, uh, you know, tracking your bets and anything else and make it all possible uh, to watch your plays and see how your, your bets are doing for the day, so something to definitely check out, just go type in around sports in the Google Play Store and give it a download, and if you want mine, give it a rating and uh, review, and any feedback, you're more, more than welcome to hear it, and I like uh, like to hear it. Yeah, just a quick overview of gist of it. You can just basically download it, uh, you know, create an account and uh, just put your uh, put your bets in there, or your hypothetical bets if you want to track and see how good you do or, or 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 even if they are your bets you're actually putting in, you can just put them in there in the app, type them in, and then you can get notifications and whatnot if the when the game's going and or check the scores on the, the list there, so. Uh, it's a pretty handy tool, and it's it's kind of nice to just kind of keep all your bets in one place and make them pretty easy to track. And then you can look at your overall record and see, you know, if I would have been up this much or down this much, or I am up this much or down this much. Just kind of a useful tool to uh, reflect and have a little self evaluation because whether it be in, in this or just in general, uh, you know, self evaluating is pretty important to do to to improve yourself in the long run. So anyway. Um, yeah, if anyone uh, has any suggestions of any other segments we should do, or I know we, we always seem to run long anyway, I guess uh, we both like to talk a little bit, but hopefully everyone enjoyed the first week of the podcast, and we'll come back here next week with even stronger takes and hopefully some, some more winners. So thanks, everyone, for listening. It's uh, been a pleasure to do it, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.